like to say good evening to everyone. My name is Peggy Trevison. I'll be your moderator for this evening's lecture. I'd like to welcome you to another lecture presented by the Syracuse, New York class. This is a school and not a church. Neither are we affiliated with any religious organizations. This school is a nonprofit, non-denominational religious and scientific research organization that's dedicated showing proof of the existence of Yahweh or Elohim and the operation of the eternal purpose, pattern, and plan operating throughout eternity to this present day. The school was established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given to our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley, in the state of Ohio in the year 1931. We incorporated in the state of California in 1958, and since that time, we have established branch schools across the United States, Canada, and other foreign countries. The Syracuse branch was established in 1969. At this time, I'd like to acknowledge the Dean of the Syracuse branch, Dr. Patrick Trevison, our President, Dr. Robert Welch, and our Vice President, Dr. John Cometti. Now, in this school and throughout the lecture this evening, we'll be using the true, correct, and original name and title for the Father, the Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit, which are contained in the original Hebrew text. The true name of our Heavenly Father is Yahweh. This has been erroneously substituted in most Bibles with the title Lord. For the word or son, we use the divine title Elohim. This has been misrepresented in most Bibles with the title God. And the name of the Holy Spirit manifesting in or out of physical body is Yahshua Messiah. This has been erroneously substituted with Jesus Christ. Now, Lord and God are titles and not names. The Apostle Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5 that there are Lord, Lord's many and God's many. And we now know that each Lord must have a name and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title, but unlike Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title, which means Elohim is the title that your Creator chose for Himself. Jesus is a name, but it's an erroneous name. A minor investigation on your part into encyclopedia or dictionary would prove that neither the Hebrew language, the Greek language, nor the Latin language contain, their alphabets contain, uh, don't contain any letter that would produce the sound that is made by the letter J. Neither was there a letter J in the English language until some 1400 years after the death of the Messiah. Therefore, making such names as Jesus and Jehovah impossible and untrue renderings of the true name of the Father and His Son. Christ is a title, just like Lord and God. Now, Yahweh, our Heavenly Father, is pure spirit. In this pure spirit state, He is incomprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source, substance, limits, and bounds of everything. We have Yahweh in this pure spirit state, symbolized on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose a cloud to symbolize himself because a cloud has no particular or descriptive shape and form. If you take a look at this chart, you'll see that we have this fiery cloud painted all the way around the edges of the chart so that everything on the chart is within the fiery cloud in like manner. Everything in the universe is within this pure spirit state of Yahweh. And Yahweh, knowing that man cannot perceive of him in this pure spirit state, he took on shape and took on form right within himself as Yahweh Elohim. This is the Word or Son, a superincorporeal being, that is, having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. This visionary shape and form can only be seen by a divine vision and only understood by a divine revelation. 
Later on, the self-same spirit manifested himself in a physical body and walked the earth plane as Yahshua Messiah, whom the world has come to know erroneously as Jesus. Now there is only one name given unto salvation, and we must know that name. So the simple yet intelligent question we must ask ourselves is what was the name of the Savior during the time that he walked the earth plane? You can get a better understanding of this name and title by reading a preface to a holy name Bible. Now also in this school we teach by the divine pattern of the universe. We call it a divine pattern because this is Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of Egypt and into the wilderness of Sinai, he then called Moses on top of Mount Sinai and revealed this tabernacle pattern to him in a vision. Moses was instructed to return to the wilderness and build one exactly as he had seen in the mount. This tabernacle pattern consists of a most holy place, a holy place, and the court roundabout. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. And in this school we show proof how that everything in the universe is made and operates according to the structure and function of this threefold tabernacle pattern and absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. Now in this school we have ten primary constitutional aims or objectives and they are as follows. First is to help you find and know Yahweh our Elohim as he really is and actually exists. Second, to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua Messiah without distinction of race, nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Third is to investigate the unexplained spirit law or so-called law of nature and the powers latent in man. Fourth, to encourage and promote the study of scriptures, comparative religions, psychology, philosophy, modern, practical, and occult science. Fifth, to extirpate current superstitions, skepticism, and ignorance. Sixth, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensations and ages. Seventh is to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, the dragon, or Satan and his demons operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. Eighth is to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith which was once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. Ninth, to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained there is no other name given among men whereby man can be saved, saving the name of Yahshua Messiah. And tenth is to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua Messiah with the hope of immortal glorification in the newer state. Our watchword is peace and our slogan is speak the truth. And I'd like to have this evening's meeting dedicated to the prayer um, by Dr. Bill Warren. That'll be followed by a scripture reading, which is? It's Matthew, the 24th chapter, verses 1 through 25. And our scripture readers this evening are Dr. Scott Miller and Dr. Carm Warren. Bow our hearts and minds to our Heavenly Father. And thank Yahshua for bringing us once again to a place where we can hear His glorious gospel. And not only that, but hear proof of how He is and actually exists so that we have something to rely on. Um, it's a crazy time of year in that respect. So many religions uh, out there just doing what they've come to do out of tradition, and it's just 
a wonderful place to come to be in the truth. So we thank you for sending Dr. Kinley at the end of this age and showing him your purpose and plan and giving him the witnesses so that he could share them with us. And thank you for letting us understand the things you've shown us. And our hope is that you keep us so that we can go on into the next stage with you. With that, what does it all say? Hallelujah. Evening class. <clears throat> Tonight's scripture will be read out of the Holy Name Bible, containing the Holy Name version of the Old and New Testaments, critically compared with ancient authorities and various manuscripts revised by A.B. Train of the Scripture Research Association. Matthew, the 24th chapter, verses 1 through 25. And Yahshua went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Yahshua said unto them, See ye not these things? Verily I say unto you, there shall, not, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming, and at the end of the age? And Yahshua answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am the Messiah, and shall deceive many. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginnings of the plagues. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and, sh and ye shall be hated for all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise, and shall deceive many. And because apostasy shall abound, the love of many shall grow cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And the glad tidings of the kingdom shall be preached into all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place. Whoso readeth, let him understand. Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. Neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. And woe unto them that are with child, and to them that give suck in those days. But pray ye that your flight be not in winter, neither on the Sabbath day. For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, nor nor ever shall be. And except those days be, should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. And if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is the Messiah, or there, believe it not. For there shall arise false messiahs and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that, if it were possible, they should deceive the very elect. Behold, I have told you before. 
That's Matthew, the 24th chapter, 1 through 25. being here with us this evening and if our first speaker I'd like to introduce Dr. Jack DeMassey. Good evening class. Let's start with the scripture reading please. And Yahshua went out and departed from the temple. And his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Yahshua said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. See, now he's speaking in parables and they don't understand what he's talking about. They're thinking that it's a temple that took them hundreds of years to make that they're going to tear down and rebuild. He's not talking about that. He's talking about himself. He's talking about the sacrifice. He's talking about Yahweh's purpose. Can I get my book? Can someone get my book for me? What are you done? Verse 3. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming, and of the end of the world? And Yahshua answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am the Messiah, and shall deceive many. And that's what's going on in this world today. Like, here we are, we're right here, and we're just about to go into the fifth age. We're right at the, we're prophetic seconds away from not recognizing and or realizing flesh, but realizing and understanding the only thing that's going to be is spirit. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom. We're living in perilous times. And the world don't want to hear it, especially in this time of year where, you know, that's what that mystery of iniquity is so good at. He turns something that's just rotten and ugly and full of death and he decorates it and he makes it very attractive. And that's how he deceives people is with their eyes. And we have to realize by grace and mercy that we've been called out of that and our eyes have been opened to that deception where our families are all looking forward to next week having Christmas Eve and Santa and you know thinking that this is everything good but Saturnalia is only men's reverence to the sun that's all it's about but they've turned it into being Jesus Christ's birthday and something holy and especially Catholic. If you didn't go to church at midnight on Christmas Day or Christmas Eve, 
it was a sin. It was a sin. They put it on you. And all we did was blindly obey. And half of us didn't. And we just decided, well, we'll go to confession and, and we'll wipe that off and we'll, we'll move on. But we didn't realize the severity of what they were doing. But yet, each and every one of us that are sitting here, and hopefully that are listening, have been called out of that darkness. Our eyes are opened. How did we have the ability to discern? Was it our own intelligence? Was it our own uh, magnificent intelligence? No. It was Yahshua's purpose. He predestined. He knew us. Where are we? He knew us. Right here. In ontological perfection. Before anything was. Before anything was. When he took on shape and form, he's committed to that purpose that he formulated in that cloud. He knew each and every one of us. And each and every one of us in that cloud had a certain time where we're going to have our personal Pentecost. We're going to come to a point where we're going to realize our eyes, we call it, you want to call it spiritual, you want to call it physical circumcision, heaven revealing the head, having the flesh taken out of your eyes, putting things in perspective. What's important? What's not so important? Can you give all the glory to the gifts? Or can you give all the glory to the gift giver? But, but what has happened is mankind, they've given all the glory to their gifts. Their God is their belly. Their God is their appetite. We've been pulled out of that. He's opened our eyes to that. Nothing we did. We didn't earn it. We didn't deserve it. It was by grace and by mercy that all that happened. I'm trying to get to 15, Scott. You want 15, Red? Uh, well, yeah, it started at 11. Verse 11. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, and love of many shall wax cold. Look what's happening in the world. This is not some fairy tale. You're not, you're not reading Mark Twain. This is a prophetic book. This is revealing Yahweh's purpose that's occurring before our very eyes. And it's a reflection of what's going on in this school. Because before this Dr. Kinley's vision, was there any source of truth in this world? It was by Dr. Kinley having that divine vision having Yahshua step into him and reveal his purpose to us. In the year 1931, right? So we were the original and only source of truth in this creation. And what have they done to it? What has this organization done to it? They've defiled it. They went from being spiritually minded 
to being carnal minded. From revering the spirit to needing to, re to revere something physical. We need a man. We need something on the, f on the ground, as they say. It's just what's happening. Go ahead, keep reading. Verse 13. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. See, again, he makes it sound like, yeah, this is an endurance race. But without Yahshua in you, you're not going to endure. You're going to fall. And that's just what this is about. This is what, what we're doing here, is we're preaching this gospel because in this purpose, how it's set up, that that soul sitting there could be physically, physically alive, but spiritually dead. And by the preaching of this gospel, that soul that's dead could be raised right from its seat, right where it's sitting there, just by hearing this gospel. And it's only by grace and his purpose that he allows it to hear it, to penetrate your heart. People hear, goes in one ear, out the other. Just like Jesus. Yeah, Jesus will save. Yeah, for a day. Then what? Two days later, you're locked up again. That's not what this gospel is. Once, once you see this thing, you'll never ever have to go back. You can't. You can't go back to where, where you were in your understanding with your relationship with your Creator. You just can't. Because if you could, then it didn't mean nothing to you to begin with. And that's what's happening in the world. Love is, look what's going on. So much madness. So much misery out there. It's a reflection of what's going on in the school. It's a reflection of Yahweh's purpose. He set it up this way. Dr. Kinley said he's raising both mysteries in this school. He said he's not kicking about it. He just wants us to be aware and not to be deceived. Keep going. Verse 15. When you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel, the prophet, stand in the holy place. Whosoever readeth, let him understand. Okay. Well, people read that and they don't know what that's talking about. I'll tell you what it's talking about. It's your personal Pentecost. It's your eyes being opened. It's your ability to recognize the derivative and the formation through history of that mystery of iniquity and how people in the world have been deceived. Let him who see it understand and stand in the holy place. It's not, I can't fit my big butt in, a, in a, some tabernacle, holy place. It's here. It's here. It's here. That's where your holy place is. It's your understanding. Okay, go ahead. And let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of the house. See, these are all parables, allegories. It's not telling you to run some. The point is, is you're already have an understanding. You got the spirit, which is your priority, and you got the flesh that you left behind. So you're not going to be running, worrying about anything fleshly, because you have a spiritual understanding. Because Yahshua's in you, enlightening you up to make you understand that. 
you coming. Neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. And woe unto them that are with child, and to them that give suck in those days. But pray ye that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, nor, nor ever shall be. That's what's going on right now in this world. Daily mass shootings. Continuum. You got political chaos, you got religious chaos, you got economical chaos. That's Satan's tabernacle. And his house is divided, and there's misery, and there's dissension. There's no dissension in this gospel. There's no misery in this gospel. This is a gospel of love. This is a gospel of hope. This is a gospel of peace. Because you realize, you're dealing with such a magnificent power, what can you do other than sit back in amazement and watch this creation, his purpose unfold? You can't do nothing about it. Go ahead. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. And that's where we are right now, folks. Right now, we're right at the edge. And you're stepping from one creation into another. It's an instantaneous thing. People want to think it's a, you know, uh, apocalypse that, you know, we're going to see all this tragedy. We're already seeing it. No, when, this, when he has that universal revelation, it's a, he's a quickening spirit. He says, where is that in the change in the blinking of an eye? The twinkle of an eye? Can I have that, please? Yeah. Can I, I'll be changed? Or something. I know it's there. First Corinthians 15 and 50. Um, I'll Want to pick it up a little? Yeah, I'm picking it up. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of Yahweh. I right, stop right there for a second. Again, flesh and blood. All right? <coughs> what we want, our desires, our physical thing, anything fleshly, is not going to inherit the kingdom. It's not about, he's not a respecter of persons. Does that mean your family's not important? Your physical family? No. But you can't praise the gifts more than the gift giver who gave you the family. Go ahead. I'll read it again. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of Yahweh Elohim, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. In a moment, in a twinkling of, the, of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. The trumpet. What do you changed. have in your throat? Beaconators, right? In your, your mouth. So it's the principle of speaking or speaking the gospel. Read it again. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Yeah. You're going from 
from physical flesh into a spiritual existence. And anything physical around you is gone. Not about that. How could you be in peace thinking about your, your loved ones? The day, well, the, geez, I used to think uh, heaven, that I'd be in heaven playing pinochle with my, my father and my brother-in-law and my brother. That was heaven to me <laughs> before coming to class. That was Frank's heaven. It's not about Frank. It's about Yahshua. Read on. In the scripture? Or? Yeah, in the scripture. Go back to the scripture? Okay. Uh, verse 23. Then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is the Messiah, or there, believe it not. Right, because again, you know, what Rick knows isn't helping me. We all got, what did Dr. Kinley say? We all got to sit on our own bottoms. It's what we know. It's what's inside us. That's what's going to carry you over. And you're not going to carry, get carried over by what someone else knows. It's what's in you. And if you have it and you realize it, you, you better be appreciative of it. Keep going. For there shall rise false messiahs and false prophets and shall show, show great signs and wonders, insomuch that, if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Look what's going on. You know, Christmas. Uh, uh, every year, my mother, oh boy, she would go to a, uh, a shrine in Canada for Mary. And she would, uh, and this shrine had all these like four layers of steps they had to climb up to and of course Mary's on the top and she's on the world and she's stepping on the snake in principle we, I thought back then well she's in control of the devil well come to find out through class well the devil's controlling her because that's she's she's consuming souls that think that on her knees praying to her that she's an intercessor these are all things that we've been pulled out of, and we realize. But we've got to realize the importance of it, the essence of it. Keep going. Verse 25, Behold, I have told you before. Yeah. I'm going to get back again to that desolation, abomination of desolation, because that's just, that's a principle. It's a manifestation of a principle. What Daniel's talking about with this this chart here you know we have the ability now to discern and see and recognize Satan's tactics where we're not going once you know someone's tactics you're not going to be fooled by them but how do we see them and yet the world doesn't but we see them we understand we recognize once you conquer a land you conquer their art you conquer their architecture and you conquered their religion. And in order to maintain control of the land you conquered, you got to mix mash what you brought in to what's already existing. And that's how this all started. All the way down to Papal Rome. And I'm a product of that Papal Rome. I was an altar boy until I was 14 years old. Again, my infamous 15 minute walk 
that I couldn't make, thinking that I'm such a bad person because I can't make a 50-minute walk without swearing or saying something stupid. But it was all on me. And I'd go to the priest and I'd want, hey, can you got a moment for confession? And he'd kick me, well, you know, no, there's, you gotta wait till Saturday. Well, I already went Saturday, this is Monday. I need it again, hey, you're out of luck. There's so many things that we have to be appreciative of in this gospel, you know? I'll go to John where, is it 15, no greater love? I'm terrible with scriptures. I know it's John, I don't know where. No greater love doth a man have? John 13, 13, 13, 15, 15, 13. I'll pick it up, John 15, I'll pick it up in 12. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. And this is what we're doing here. We're not laying down our physical life, because our physical life is temporal. But it shows a principle of divine love. When you're laying down your eternal life, your spiritual understanding to try and see if that soul was predestined in that cloud to here. He's a potter. He makes vessels to honor and he makes vessels to dishonor. All we can do is preach this gospel and see. See if it, it again, you can go to the different ones, the parables where about the seeds. You can throw it on rocky ground. Where is that, Rick? With the seeds. Uh, it's in Matthew, I think. It's Matthew, yeah. Where do you want it? Speak about many parables, the sower? Yeah. Okay, uh, Matthew 13, starting at 3. And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls, fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth, and, with, and forthwith they sprung up because they had no depth, deepness of earth. Okay, this is... I want you people to make sure you understand what's going on here. This is a parable, but it's talking about, in principle, what's going on in class. When someone new comes into class, we're, we're, we're throwing out seed, in principle, the, this gospel. And is it landing? Sometimes it lands, and it takes root for a second, and oh, this is great, and then two weeks later, we don't see him again. How many times have we seen that? Or sometimes it just doesn't land at all. It just goes washes away. I'm going to go to Ezekiel 37, I think. Valley of Dry Bones. Because these witnesses we're talking about here, 
these are things that can empower your soul. Romans 1, 19 and 20 is a very, that's why it's our theme song. Because you look at physical things with your eyes and you can see spiritual principles. But the world, they see physical things and that's all they see. They don't have any comprehension or understanding of anything spiritual behind that. Why is that there? You want to one? And how many times have we had people come up and preach and can run a line here and there and do a, do a decent job and then walk away? Well, because it was just like what I'm, I'm going to try and manifest here with Ezekiel. Putting sinews on a, on a skeleton. Go ahead. Uh, Ezekiel 37 and 1. The hand of Yahweh was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of Yahweh and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones and caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Talking about souls, just so you understand. Dry bones and inner man, same principle. Go ahead. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Yahweh Elohim, thou knowest. Again he said unto me, Prophesy unto the, these bones, and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear ye, hear the word of Yahweh. Thus saith Yahweh Elohim unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. That's how you're going to live. So you can put all the different witnesses you want, and all these folks that want to get up here, or want to, want to get up and preach, and, and we thought that they would be with us, and they're gone. They're not here no more. Because it, all it was was putting sinews on a body, but no life, because the breath wasn't, he didn't leave, breathe the breath of life in it to make it alive. And the way he's going to breathe a lot of breath of life in it is if Yahshua has been put in you. Keep going. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and ye shall live, and ye shall know that I am Yahweh. Right. How else are you going to know if Yahshua doesn't show it to you? You can't do it on your own. And it's just another principle, just showing that, you know, some people want to come to class and say, well, I don't need to come to class no more because I know enough. Okay, I'm not judging anybody, but Romans 1, 19 and 20, you got to be part of the body. Dr. Kinley said, anytime that door is open you, for class, you should come because you're going to need it at the end of the age. That's all I'm saying. Let's, each of us have our own conscience. You know, I don't like pointing at anybody. Is that it there, Scott? down to 14 maybe go ahead uh, I'll pick it up in like 11 then he said unto me son of man these bones are the whole house of Israel behold they say our bones are dried and our hope is lost we are cut off for our parts therefore prophesy and say unto them thus saith Yahweh Elohim behold O my people I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves and bring you into a land of Israel 
and ye shall know that I am Yahweh when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up out of your graves, and shall put my spirit in you, and ye shall live. See, he's doing it all. We're not doing a thing. He's the main character. He's the director. He's the author. He's the finisher. All we are is blessed to be partakers of his purpose. That's all we are. We're very blessed. Not blessed, blessed. Grace is a, a very powerful thing when you really realize you've been given the greatest gift there could be. And you didn't deserve it. Didn't earn it. It just fell upon you. But yet, you seek and you can't go back to what you were before. And it's not your willpower. It's not you deciding it. People want to think that they have a choice. You choose everything for all your life. But the choices you make are motivated by the spirit that's guiding your soul. If Yahshua's in you, you're making the right choices. If Yahshua's in you, you want to come to class. Now you gotta. You gotta do this, you gotta do that. Okay. But if Yahshua's in you, you want to. It's not, his yoke is easy, his burden is light. And that's what this class should be. It should be a, the yoke is easy, nothing better. Let's end with uh, Psalms 133. Psalms 133. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that run down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirts of his garments, as the dew of Hermon, and as the dew that descended upon the mountain of Zion. For there Yahweh commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. Yeah, how pleasant. There's no greater love, not only in sharing and laying your life down, but sharing that love with your fellow brethren. What's more beautiful or more satisfying than that? I don't know. Uh, I just know that uh, we have front row seats to this purpose. We see what's going on. We're prophetic seconds away from a universal revelation. Does that mean that you have no future? And you know? No, you live your life. But you put in your heart and your mind your priority. What, what good is it if you obtain the whole world and you lose your soul? Yeah, you pursue your life, but you put it in priorities. Your love shouldn't, of your goal shouldn't proceed or be ahead of your love of this gospel and the love of Yahshua in you because it's your only hope of glory. I uh, hope you got something out of that. hope I inspired somebody. I uh, wasn't trying to rile anybody. If I did, I apologize. Just uh, trying to admonish people that we have a very, very special gift. We keep our eye on the prize in this high calm. Good gentlemen, Mr. Thomas.
And our next speaker will be uh, Dr. Brooke Fraser. Good evening. Happy to be here. Interesting scripture that Frankie just left off on because I like this uh, chapter in Matthew, um, specifically uh, verse 15. If you could grab that, please. Then we'll go back to Psalms. Matthew 24 and 15. When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation. That is a mouthful, isn't it? Abomination of desolation. <laughs> Those are two very scary words. <laughs> um, you know, and prior to that, it, you know, it talks about wars, rumors of wars. Um, you know, and that's not just talking about the, the world, but also uh, amongst us. And uh, it is a scary place out there. Um, there's lots of bad things that are happening, and you don't even need to make anything up because there's just really crazy things happening. You know, when you think you've seen it all, then something else uh, comes across your way. Um, I strive to look at all the positives and the beauty that the, the Creator has given us around us, but there is no doubt that the things in the world can wear you down. And what I like about this scripture is that it's saying, you know, when you, when you see that abomination of desolation, what are you supposed to do? Read. When, you shall therefore, when ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, mm -hmm. stand in the holy place. Stand in the holy place. Now, I suppose how difficult this would be if you didn't have an understanding and what this scripture would even mean stand in the holy place first you'd have to go and kind of google like what's the holy place and then you'd probably think to yourself i'm trying to think about how i would think about this if i was you know not with an understanding but i'd have to think okay well how am i supposed to stand in the holy place because i know that there's a lot about the tabernacle pattern that was you know that um yahweh had the children make and, you know, there's some 30-some or whatever chapters about it in Exodus. And I would think, how the heck am I supposed to stand? Kind of reminds me of how with Nicodemus and how it's Nicodemus, right? And he said, you know, how is it that I, you know, how, how am I going to be born again? How is it that I go back in? You know, because that's where people get kind of stuck. You know, they think, well, geez, I have to stand in the holy place. And like, this is Matthew now. And the holy place is like clearly not there. And, or like, how do I, as a man, get back into my mother's womb? You know, so people get very stuck, you know, with physical things. Um, but it's saying stand in the holy place. So if we go back to the tabernacle pattern and, and you look at this, the way that the, the priest had to function in this tabernacle pattern and how you had this court roundabout with this open gate, you know, where everyone would come 
and bring their sacrifices when they broke one of those 613 uh, commandments. And you had this ministry that this priest would um, perform here in this court roundabout, very open area, right? And interestingly, the last scripture that Frank picked up was talking about the oil that, can you grab that? That went down Aaron's be beard? Yeah. And the holy anointing oil, which is here in this court roundabout, was poured over the priest. Why? To, to quicken him, right? So that he could function perfectly. And we oftentimes talk about how that is, is very similar to adrenaline, which is secreted from the adrenal glands on top of the kidneys. And that is what's called the fight or the flight hormone. And it helps people to do things that, you know, even not just crazy astronomical feats, but even just a little bit of stress or adrenaline will help you perform better on a test or on a marathon or we're not just talking about people lifting cars off of people although that is a big surge of adrenaline that happens so it gives us this ability to actually be on task and to do the things we have to do perfectly right we're not perfect but it helps us um, versus <laughs> if we didn't have any adrenaline and you know people who um, have deficiencies in their uh, hormones that are secreted from their adrenal gland actually have to take supplemental hormones. Um, so they'll have to take Florinef, which is to replace the mineral corticoids that are secreted from the adrenal gland, and they'll have to take hydrocortisone, which is a steroid, to replace the glucocorticoids. And you, you know, you just, you don't have, you take it for granted that we have those things that are just naturally secreted, but if you don't have them, these are people that are very weak, they're passing out, they're not, they don't have good blood pressure, you know, you can't function without those, those hormones. So the priest here, he has that, hor that oil that's poured down him, and you can grab um, wherever Frank was, Psalms 133. Psalms 133, and it's verse 2. Yeah. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirts of his garments. It went, yeah, it went down and went over the skirts of his garment. And we know that that was like a quickening, just like you had that epinephrine, that's a quickening that's secreted from your adrenal glands. And what happened was, is the priest then went where? He left the court roundabout and went where? Into the holy place. Into the holy place. Now that's physically speaking. He goes into the holy place and it helps him to function perfectly so that he can do the things He's in charge of the incense here, and we know what happens if you offer up incense that's not pure, just like we know what happens when you breathe air that's not pure, right? And he had to light the candle stick, right? It was lit at three in the afternoon, extinguish at nine, I think, yes. Um, so that there was always light in the tabernacle. And what does that correlate to as you have this flickering, you have seven branches, that's likened under your aorta, which is that branch that comes off of your heart and you have your two coronary, two carotid, two uh, 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 brachiocephalic, no, two subclavian and one brachiocephalic, also called the anominate artery. So you've got those seven branches here and those seven here and you've got that flickering and you've got that constant pulse, right, that's coming from your heart and you don't want that to stop, right? So. These are very, very simple things to understand because just like Roman 119 and 20 said, we've been given the things that are, that are all around us so that we can understand something. My point is, going back to Matthew, the 24th chapter, is it said, when you see the abomination of desolation, stand in the holy place. And you can see that there's a level of peace in the holy place, right? And 
And then at one point, we t you can find where it talks about how actually the veil was rent in twain, right? And you could see into the most holy place. But he, you can stand in the holy place, all right? And that's not talking about from a physical standpoint, but that's being able to put your mind there. It doesn't matter where you are. You know, I was, I, it doesn't matter where you are. I can be in Nairobi, and I can be in the holy place. And you can be at work, or you can be at a craft fair, or you can be at school in Albany, or you can be anywhere that you want to be. But you can stand in the holy place and have your mind, you know, it says, he who is in perfect, yeah. he, I'm going to butcher that, he who is in perfect peace, his mind is stayed on there or something. I think I did that actually backwards. But the point is, is that. Keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. That's right. That's right. And, you know, it's funny how it doesn't matter where I go, but I always see these little prints, these little like um, reminders that he he's constantly with me. I'm constantly being able to see principles no matter where I am. And I haven't been up on the floor since I was in Africa. And I, we were driving in the outskirts of Nairobi and um, there's these things called matatus. So a matatu is like a like a short bus, but it's a bus that it's not like a big long bus but it's kind of like a form of public transportation but they're they're short they probably hold like 15 to 20 people they're called matatus they're decorated like crazy they're all painted crazy and stuff like that and i was driving to the hospital one morning and uh a matatu goes by and rate like in huge letters on the front it says yashua and then on the side elohim you know what I mean? And I like whip my head around there at this matatu in, in the outskirts of Nairobi. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, like you, you just never know like where you're going to see something. And, and not just seeing the names, but whenever it's like you get chills all through your body, you know, like, oh my gosh, I'm in the middle of Nairobi and I just saw a matatu with, with Yashua. And it was spelled, it was spelled Y-A-S-H-U-A. So they had missed, they had missed the H. But let me tell you how that just gives you chills all through you, all through your body, and um, and the principles that I see, no matter where I am, just it's just a, it's amazing. And you know the thing is, is if I if I hadn't been brought down to the school when I was eleven, and shown the pattern and the gospel, I would not be able to be someplace else and be able to have peace, and when you see all these things that are happening around you, you can still stand in the holy place mm -hmm. and have that peace right. that other people don't have. Mm -hmm. um, now, I tried to, I, I haven't been up here in a while, and I was, I was trying to think of where I wanted to go. I was kind of stimulated by this, this verse here in, in Matthew. Um, you know, somebody brought up a couple classes ago about me talking about the kidney, uh, I don't know. I don't know how much time I have. I just, um, but I also kind of wanted to bring up AFib again, only because we have a couple members in class that have been struggling with AFib, and I just kind of wanted to talk about, um, I know you guys, I don't know if you're sick of that, talking about the electroconductivity of the heart um, and the pattern. Um, but I'm going to bring it up briefly. I don't know if I'm completely off track with the whatever the topic actually was. Um, but I'm going to try to stay in the tabernacle because this, this, this is what I feel comfortable with. I'm not going to get up here and try to talk about things that I don't 100% know for real. 
I'm not going to get up here and just reiterate something that somebody else said. I can only stand up here and talk about the things that I know. And if it's repetitive, so be it. It is. Um, let's go back to the tabernacle, and we're just going to run just a couple things up and just kind of step away and talk about just a few things, especially because I think it was in the end of November we were talking about the stone. Maybe it was you that talked about it, and you were talking about stones and kidneys and things like that. Maybe it wasn't you. Um, but we talked briefly here about this, this tabernacle pattern and how the court roundabout is obviously... Um, correlates to your abdominal pelvic cavity. And you've got vessels here that are in the court roundabout that you can kind of look at some of the vessels that are your abdominal pelvic cavity and how the structure and the function, like the moderation says, goes hand in hand with the body and in the tabernacle. And we, I just mentioned to you how that people brought the sacrifice when they broke one of those 613 commandments and they brought it here to this uh, altar of burnt sacrifice and they offered it up. And it was a grating system. It was square in configuration. It did have four horns of blood. You have lots of uh, major uh, vessels that feed your abdominal pelvic. You have your inferior and superior mesenteric artery. You've got your inferior vena cava. You've got all these vessels that are in your abdomen and your pelvis that feed that supervascular. And you also realize you don't have any bones over there that protect it. So you've got this square-like configuration that's kind of with a grating system, and you've got your large and your small intestines. So you've got your ascending, transverse, descending, and sigmoid colon that come in, um, hold on to that some 30-some feet of small intestine that's all squished up inside of your intestine, which kind of forms a grating system. And we know that no matter, even if you're a vegetarian or if you're an omnivore or whatever the heck you are, I don't really care, everything that you eat has to die in order for you to live. And we know that the children of Israel had to offer up something for them to die in sacrifice had to die in order for them to live, which goes down and points to Yahshua the Messiah, who was the true innocent sacrifice that had to die in order for us to live. And just like you had a scooped out receptacle at the bottom of this um, altar of uh, burnt sacrifice, you also have the rectum, which takes your waste materials that your body doesn't need um, after it's been burned off, all those things have been burned off in the waste, and just like you have that burning here, and then you have a removal of waste here, and you have a removal of waste here. We have the laver here, which I was just going to talk about for a couple minutes, because the laver is an area where the priest could actually wash himself and also wash the sacrifices, and we call that the laver and its foot. And interestingly, you have your kidneys, which go down into your ureters and your bladder, and you have podocytes, which are in your kidneys, which is foot, so foot cells. So that's interesting that you would have that in, in the kidney. So your kidney is made up of a cortex, a medulla, and a pelvis. Well, that's kind of cool because that's three in one, right? And each kidney weighs about five ounces, and they're separated by about five centimeters. So if you actually kind of put them together, you would see that they would be kind of like a bowl. They go down into your ureter and down into your bladder. So you've, you can see if you were to take that ureters and kind of squish them up, it would just be like the laver. And there's a spigot here on the laver so that you can drain that water, which looks amber when it's in this uh, brass um, vessel, just like your brass, brass. Yeah, so and your urine is what? Amber or yellow, right? So you have a waste that comes out here. You have waste that comes out of you and your urethra. Whether or not you're male or female, you have a urethra. It just looks a little bit different. And you've got your, you've got your kidney, your ureters, and your bladder. Five ounces, five centimeters. Now, when the reason why I was thinking about this is because recently someone was talking about the rock versus the stone. And I want to get over to um, Exodus where they're going through the Red Sea, five abreast. 
um, for one thing. It says in rank, it's harnessed. And then if you look into Zondervan, it should have a cross-reference to in rank by five because that's how they went through the Red Sea. So I want you to grab that for me. I also want you to get how Pharaoh sank as a stone. And I want you to get Matthew 18.6 and Revelations 18.21. And I'm going to talk really fast because I am going to go through this whole tabernacle. Exodus, please. What is it? I can find it. <clears throat> 13, I'll pick it up in 17. And it came to pass, when Pharaoh had let the people go, that Elohim had led them through the way of the land of the Philistines, Although that was near, for Elohim said, lest peradventure the people repent when they see war and they return to Egypt. But Elohim led the people about through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. And the children of Israel went up, harnessed out of the land of Egypt. Okay, do you have a cross-reference for that? Or um, Ricky? It says in orderly ranks. In my margin. I need a Zondervan. But in my handwritten margin... Right, hand wrote it. It says battle array five across. <laughs> Where are you? Does anyone have a genre for that? Uh, Exodus 13 18. 13 18. Oh, sorry. Do you have it in there? Well, you guys can all look at my secret Bible afterwards. It's 14. Because my, my Zondervan says by rank, by five in a rank for harness out of the land of Egypt. So what was happening here was that you had the 12, you had the, the plagues, right? And then, you know, finally Pharaoh says, you know, go ahead, take them. I, you know, get them out of my sight. These, you know, stinking Hebrews, he doesn't want them anymore. They take their spoils, which just got brought up in like the class before last. So they take their spoils and they go out of the land of Egypt and they go, they get to the Red Sea. The Red Sea heaps up and actually congeals and they walk through on dry, dry land and they walk through in rank by five or harnessed. Okay, why? Because the kidney is separated by about five centimeters. And you can kind of see how it kind of rolls back, just like you've got that rolling back of the Red Sea and it's congealed. And I forgot to mention this, but obviously the main function of the kidney is to cleanse your blood. So you've got, and you, so you've got the, and you make the or water or waste materials from uh, what you don't need. And so you've got a cleansing or a washing and a cleansing or a washing. Now it says, if you read, keep reading on that, and I have it if you don't have it, that fair it's a 15 and 5 you can get and then you can go down to 8 Exodus 15 and 5 yeah. the depths have covered them they sank into the bottom as a stone okay so interestingly you know the children of Israel go through they go to the other side they're singing the song they're they're rejoicing and everything and then uh, Pharaoh goes through and then what happens 
you know, it comes all down on him and all those chariots and horses and things like that. And it's, he sank as a stone and that's important. Um, and you're going to see that line throughout the book. So he sank as a stone. So it makes us think, well, stone, why does that matter here? Well, what is a common ailment that people have that is extremely painful is kidney stones, which are often made of like calcium oxalate or calcium phosphate or things like that. And you have this, uh, these, little, uh, well, they can be actually pretty big. Sometimes actually you have to kind of laser them out to break them up into pieces so people can pass them. I've never had a kidney stone, but they are excruciatingly painful if you know anyone who's had them. And so you've got that principle, that negative principle of a stone right here. Um, and then if you go over and grab um, Matthew and uh, then Revelations when John is uh, looking back here at this tabernacle pattern. Uh, Matthew 18 and 6. But whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depths of the sea. Well, that's the same principle, isn't it? Um, we have a drowning and a stone here again in Matthew. And then I just want you to grab uh, Revelations really quick. Um, you've got John that sees that same visit, vision that on the Isle of Patmos that Moses did, and he's looking back here. And you've got another witness there in, in uh, Revelations. Revelation. Revelation 1. I would have gotten 12. dinged on Jeopardy probably for that one. Brooke is where he turned to see the tab. Um, it's Revelation 1821. Oh, okay. Should have a reference to a stone. Revelation 12, um, 1821. And a mighty, mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and cast it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence shall that great city Babylon be thrown down and shall be found no more at all. Okay. So you've got that same negative principle of a stone being thrown down into the water. You've got Pharaoh sinking as a stone. All right, let's move on. So we're leaving the abdominal pelvic cavity or the court roundabout. We've got that qu or that quickening. We already talked about that. You've got five main hormones secreted from your adrenal gland. You've got norepinephrine, epinephrine, mineral corticoids, glucocorticoids, sex hormones. You've got dopamine, not considered a main hormone. So you've got five main hormones here or right here. And you've got uh, five main ingredients here and the holy anointing oil causing, which gives that high priest like we talked about in uh, Psalms, that oil running down his beard and makes, uh, makes it so that he can, uh, and that's somewhere else too. Uh, so that he can function perfectly as he leaves the court roundabout and goes into the holy place and then on the Day of Atonement only into the most holy place. And you've got these two adrenal uh, 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 glands here that I call the golden arches here on top of your um, uh, kidneys that secrete those hormones that uh, are really essential for everything. <laughs> um, so you're leaving your abdominal pelvic cavity and you're going into your thoracic cavity. Interestingly, this one is covered by your rib cage which is uh, correlates to the fact that, see, these two, uh, uh, your 
your cranium or your brain, your head cavity and your thoracic cavity are covered with bones. They have a layer of protection that the abdominal pelvic cavity or the court roundabout doesn't have. The court roundabout, everybody could go there. Just like when you think about, like if I had to have my appendix out right now, there's probably a lot of surgeons out there, even if they're not general surgeons that could probably take my appendix out because they, in their surgical residency, they probably did some general surgery training, right? But if I had to have a mass or something removed from my brain, you better believe that's, there's much less neurosurgeons out there that are going to be able to take that out. So you've, you know, this is precious, more precious, uber precious, right? When we're talking about our physical body and who we're going to let into that area, just like we know that the priest only went into the most holy place on October 10th of the Day of Atonement. So you've got bone covering here, bone covering here. You've got uh, not open to the public, right? It's all covered up, not open to the public. And let's just segue here and we talk about the, the 12 tribes that were around this uh, tabernacle pattern that uh, when the cloud moved, we know that that tabernacle moved throughout the wilderness of Sinai. So you've got those 12 symbolized by these tents here, those 12 tribes. And then you've got your upper arm, lower arm and hand. One, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. You've got 12. When your cloud moves, you move, right? I, I have to, even if you really want to be sneaky and you want to get out of bed with like putting your leg like first before you put your head, you still have to think it. So don't even give me that. Your head comes and then your body follows, right? And that's the, that's the same way. The head moves, the body follows. It's the, sa it's the same principle. So going on here into the holy place, um, we have, like I already mentioned, we have this seven branch lampstand that all, so there was always light in the tabernacle. There's only six hours a day that it wasn't actually um, lit. And you have that flickering from that seven branches. You got the one that stands alone and the seven that were paired. We already talked about it. Carotid, coronary wrap around the heart two subclavian and one brachiocephalic. Okay, so the anonymate used to be called the anonymate artery. It's the brachiocephalic. So that one stands alone. Pair, pair, pair. Just like you have the aorta that comes off the heart and you've got three that are together, one that stands alone. First two that come off the heart or come off the aorta, where do they go? Right back to the heart. Yes, because you've, you've got to feed the heart. Those are the coronary. So they are wrapped right here around the heart and they're uh, enclosed in some adipose tissue, which is yellow or uh, uh, has, uh, is symbolized as being yellow or fatty. So you've got coronary comes from the Latin, which means corona, which means crown. You've got two golden crowns, so two coronary arteries going around your heart, just like you had um, two golden crowns going around this table of showbread. So we've got the seven branch golden candlestick. We've got this, the table of showbread. Now there's 12 loaves of bread on that table of showbread. The average 165 pound male pumps 12 points of blood throughout his body. Now, I don't know if the average man is 165 pounds anymore because we're fat, but at the time that was the case, but we are fatter now, especially in America. So that, but still, 165-pound man, so I don't think it's average is what my point is. But it's 12 pints of blood, just like there's 12 loaves of bread here on this table. And you've got these two golden crowns. That's sustenance, you see? And we talk about how the, the life is in the blood. So you have to have the blood pumping throughout your whole body, carrying nutrients and vitamins and minerals and fats and proteins and all these things after it's digested in the gut, right? So that there's life in the blood. Not only are the nutrients in there, but what else is in there that's essential is oxygen, right? 
And so you've got this life that's in the blood and you've got this principle of life being right here in this 12, 12, gold, gold, four sides to this table. You've And we're going to come back to this. You've got the heart and we're going to go up and we're going to come back down. OK, um, because we're going to talk about AFib for a couple minutes. Um, but you've got this, the left, the right atrium, the left atrium, the left ventricle, the right ventricle. You've got these four chambers here. You've got four sides to this table here. Okay. Now you've got this altar of incense here and we talk about, uh, and Ricky might actually be able to rattle out stock tape. Uh, what are those ingredients? Yeah, stock tape. I want to say stock tape, octate, but I don't think that's what it is. Frankincense. And galvanum, yeah, and frankincense. Arnica, galvanum, frankincense, Stock. and olive oil. Not, no. Uh, For the, not olive oil. Yeah. Arnica. 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 Okay. Okay. Yeah. There's four ingredients in the incense. Where is that, Carm? Exodus 30 and 34. Exodus 30 and 34. That's excellent. So um, you've got those ingredients here in the incense. And we've there is a, a story in the book talking about how somebody offered up some strange incense. That's unfortunate for them. Stock tea. Stock tea. It sounds Italian to me. Yeah. Um, somebody offered up some strange incense. What happened to them? They died. They died. Yeah. Whew. I don't think I would do that. Um, so you've got this altar of incense here. And you've got this incense, which was a sweet smelling savor. You've got these four horns here. And in your larynx, you've got two superior and two inferior cornu. What does the word cornu mean? Horn. Yes. And you've got these large vessels here that are just running over those cornu. So you've got that point of four. Uh, you've got that principle of four bloody horns or four cornu that, that's right here. And that oxygen we know is a sweet smelling savor and if you are drowning or you, you don't have access to air and that when and you just it's you know it's just it's so precious to you it's so precious to you and the purity of that air is so important and so we've got our lungs and what's going on with our lungs right now and we're actually going to talk about oxygenated deoxygenated blood all that stuff but you've got this principle of burning that's going on here. And you have your bronchial what? Tree, tree. tree. Well, that's interesting. Why do we have a burning tree in the holy place? Why? Well, let's go over here. What do we have here? When we look about the, at this Moses chart here, and we've got this court roundabout holy place and most holy place, right here in the holy place, what do we have going on? Before the children of Israel came down here, what's going on up here in the holy place? You've got um, where the where the name is given here, and this this is uh, Moses, and you've got this burning bush here. So you've got a burning bush here, you've got a burning bush here, and you've got a principle burning um, with oxidation and everything going on here. Okay, so you can see, you know, it's not always going to be the same thing, but it's a difference between principle and manifestation. And I feel like that's the kind of thing every time somebody comes to class for the first time, they should hear about principles and manifestations because the manifestation will change over and over and over again. You must learn how to look at the principle and hold on to that because the manifestation is going to change. And that's what people get tripped up on. They're saying, no, it's not the same thing. 
You must. But until he gives you the eyes, and I think Frank was mentioning this, if you're not given the eyes to see that there is a difference between principle and manifestation, you're going to trip up every single time. So we've got this burning and this oxidation, and we've got oxygen, nitrogen, carbon dioxide, and water vapor, four main ingredients in the air that you breathe. And you can tell a difference if you're breathing something that you're not supposed to be breathing, right? You're wheezing, you're coughing, you're short of breath, you're dizzy, you don't feel good, you get carbon monoxide poisoning, you pass out, you die, whatever. Um, there, it's very important to have the right ingredients. And, what, and we already talked about death for the wrong ingredients here. So now, we've got the priest. He goes down into, from the holy place into the most holy place. And we've talked about before how he's, he's dressed in, in uh, beauty and glory, right? He's got the Gentiles represented with the pomegranates on the, on the base of his garment. He's got the 12 stones on his breast. And he goes in there and he, three times, right, to make atonement on October 10th. So here is our most holy place. And we've got this Ark of the Covenant, right? And over here, we have our brain made up of gray and white matter. He said in uh, 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 Leviticus 16 and 2, I, uh, I will appear in a cloud on the, on the mercy seat. Did I quote that correctly? Leviticus 16 and 2. What is a cloud made up of? Gray and white matter. Well, there we go. And you've got gray and white matter here in your brain. And you've got your pituitary gland, which sits on your cella tersica, which means Turk saddle. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I just go back and forth with which one, but over here. And your, which means Turk saddle and a scooped out receptacle in your brain. That's your pituitary gland, which is considered the master endocrine gland of your body. It has an anterior and a posterior pituitary gland. The majority is secreted from one side and there is less from the other. I can't honestly remember which one it is right now. And so you have your Ark of the Covenant here, which was placed along with Aaron's rod that budded and the golden pot of manna in the most holy place in a scooped out receptacle underneath a seat. You've got the mercy seat, which is why you have the cella tersica, which is Turk saddle. That's a seat. You sit on a saddle. You've got the cherubims that came up here witnessing, right? What do you have going on on both sides of your head witnessing? Not only do you have your eyes, Frank already talked about your buccinators. Those are the ones that speak to you. But you've got your eyes and you also have your ears. The external cartilaginous portion of your ear is called a pinna right here it means wing so you've got two wings constantly witnessing what's going around me what am i hearing what am i hearing what am i seeing okay and so and you so that's why we have law here and what uh, uh uh makes me think of matthew where it says it's not what goes into a man that defileth him it's what's coming what comes out and people are constantly listening to what it is that you say to them and you use those buccinators to speak right to speak the gospel now, we're going to come back down here into the holy place and we're going to quickly talk about the heart because I probably have like five to ten minutes is my guess. Yep. Um, I've been here 36 years. kind of know the, the rules. Um, so we're going to talk about it because you've got two different uh, systems that are going on when we talk about the, the conduction and the circulation of your heart. So you've got the circulation, which is the blood pumping through, and then you've got the electricity. All right. Now, blood that is deoxygenated or does not have oxygenated comes in to the right atrium of your heart. It goes into the right ventricle. It goes 
from it with the pulmonary arteries, this is the only time that the artery carries deoxygenated blood in your body, is the pulmonaries, they're flip-flopped. Pulmonary arteries carry the deoxygenated blood to the lungs, and what happens there? It, it gets oxygenated. Come back in through the left atrium th from the pulmonary veins to the left ventricle, pumps out to the body, all right? So that's one thing. So you've got that going on. And what's happening is actually is the left atrium and the right ventricle are both contracting at the same time. There is electricity going on. And this is, this is like so, it's the Godhead. You know, like I can't think about anything else when I think about the electroconductivity of the heart besides the Godhead. So when you think, first of all, I want you to think we don't have a chalkboard which I really, really, really like writing things. So I want you to just think about when you guys see the, the P, Q, R, S, T, you know, when you go like that. Do you know, guys know what I'm saying? If I did it like this, P, boop, boop, boop. Does that make sense? You've all seen that before, right? So that's on an EKG. An EKG actually takes 12 views. It's a 12 lead EKG. Hmm, interesting. Um, interesting because we had 12 disciples with the Messiah, right? And 12 tribes. And so you've got these 12 views that kind of look at the heart and look at the electricity that's going on in the heart. Now, when that electricity fires from the heart, it is supposed to start. And I, when I look at this heart, you guys are probably saying, she's pointing to the wrong side. She's really doing that. This is the right atrium over here. So when you're talking about anything in medicine, you must kind of, you're looking at the body like this. Does that make sense? I know it does to Peggy because she has some medical training. So when I'm talking about the, this is the right atrium for now, we're saying that. This is the sinoatrial node up here at the top of the right atrium that has the initial um, electricity that starts it, okay? That is the, that is the initial, that's like Yahweh pure spirit, okay? So we know when we talk about the Godhead, and we can go over and get all the scriptures and John and everything else, we've got, in the moderation talks about it, how we've got Yahweh pure spirit, okay? He's slow, and we, I think the moderation says that he slows himself down mm -hmm. into a physical shape and form as Yahweh Elohim that people were able to see in a vision, okay? And, and then he further slows himself down in that same spirit, and we do this, right? Don't we do this, Peggy? That same spirit as Yahshua the Messiah, okay? So when we first have that electrical impulse started, that is, that is the pacemaker, that is the sinoatrial node, or Yahweh pure spirit, okay? That is where the myocytes, which are the heart cells, are the most excited, okay? So they're moving as fast as they can. And that shouldn't surprise you. Because we also talk about water, mm -hmm. and we talk about how the, the, the molecules that are in H2O are moving the fastest, right, when it's water vapor, okay? We can't see it. We know it's here, but there's no way we can perceive of it in our, with, our, with our body, right? That's like Yahweh Pierce Beer or the sinoatrial node. You've got all that excitability of those myocytes. Oh, they're so excited. Now... As the impulse goes from the sinoatrial node to the atrioventriculo node at the bottom of the right atrium, it slows down a little bit. Not surprising, because what happens here, just like we talk about the molecules of water, is that when we go from water vapor to liquid water, there's a slowing down. So you've got a little bit of a slowing down, okay? 
and then obviously we've got Yasha the Messiah. So what happens is, is it goes from the sinoatrial node at the top of the right atrium to the atrioventricular node at the bottom of the right atrium to the next part, which is called the bundle of hiss. It sounds like it's S-H-I-S-S, doesn't it? If we think about the word hiss and we think to ourselves, well, how's, how's the word hiss spelled? We think H-I-S-S. It's not. It's H-I-S. You say it hiss, but it's the bundle of H-I-S, or the bundle of his, but it's hiss. Well, that's not surprising. That sounds almost like masculine, doesn't it? So what happens is you've got a slowing down of those molecules even more, and you think about your heart. This is your right atrium here, your sinoatrial node, your atrioventricular node, and then you've got that, that um, electricity that goes down through the bundle of hiss into your Purkinje fibers. Not surprising because you have Yasha the Messiah. So we talk about how there's Yahweh pure spirit, one and the same, just like John 1 and 1 in the 14th verse, he came down into the flesh. It's that same electrical current causing that atrium and ventricle to contract, to pump that blood through that circuit, right? Now, um, there's a couple things I just wanted to bring up about, uh, let's see, I'm not going to be able to get the I guess what I'll do, because I want to quickly talk about AFib. So I want you to grab, uh, I will be like the most high, I think it's Ezekiel. And um, I want you to talk about uh, Ezekiel 28, 1 through 2, and then... Um, Ezekiel 36, 25, there's only going to be a couple of them. So what happens with AFib? So AFib is called atrial fibrillation, okay? Fibrillation. So fibrillation is where it's, the heart is like shaking or, or like fluttering, okay? And typically what happens is, is when you have um, a problem with the conduction, with the electric conduction of your heart, there is a pocket of myocytes, heart cells, that decide to themselves, we're in charge. <laughs> we're going to be the ones to set the pulse, okay? We're going to be the firers, and that's what happens, okay? So it's a bundle of myocytes that's in the right atrium, the ventricle, the left atrium, that decide we're going to be the ones to make a fire. So it gets, the heart gets confused. It gets very confused because it's supposed to go SA node, AV node, bundle of his, Purkinje fibers. It's supposed to do the same thing over and over again. But somehow, uh, you've got this bundle of super excited myocytes that say, hmm, we're going to be like the most high. We're pretty much going to do the, our own thing and try to set the pace because we've got the pacemaker with the SA node, the pace setter with the AV node, and it's going to say, no, we're not going to do that. So go over and grab Ezekiel. Ezekiel 28, 1. The word of Yahweh came again unto them, saying, Son of man, say unto the prince of Tyrus, Thus saith Yahweh Elohim, because thy heart is lifted up, and thou hast said, I am a God, I sit in the seat of Elohim, in the midst of the seas. Yet thou art a man, and not Elohim, though thou sit, set their heart 
is the heart of Elohim. Right. So there's a bunch of different scriptures that you can find about the mystery of iniquity, but pretty much he says that he is going to be like the Most High. He is going to be, he's called the anointed cherub that covereth. Okay. And he pretty much was up and you go over to Revelation so you find out he, this is a type of heaven and he was cast out of heaven. All right. There was no place found for him. And it says, woe unto the inhabitants of the earth. So he was cast out of heaven. That's why you can go over and pick up those 12 cranial nerves and find the 10th nerve, which is the vagus nerve. It's the wanderer and find that, that vagus nerve all the way throughout the body to the court roundabout because he was cast out of heaven into the court roundabout. We can see that same principle with the heart. So when you have an abnormal electrical conduction, you've got a, a bundle of myocytes that say, hey, we're in charge. So screw you, SA node, AV node, we're going to do our own thing. So you've got an extra firing that's going on and the heart gets very confused. And so it starts to shake. Okay. Some of those rhythms are deadly. AFib is dangerous, but usually not as deadly as when the ventricle starts to fibrillate. Because then when the ventricle fibrillates, remember what the ventricle was doing. The left ventricle is the one that's got to pump the blood to the body. So if that's shaking and blood's not going to your body, then you're definitely in trouble, right? When the atrium fibrillates, the blood that's supposed to be in the atrium that goes to the ventricle, some of it hangs out there because it's not going, it's not going bump, 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 bump. It's not taking everything and emptying it. So blood sits there. That's why people are at risk for stroke because it sits there and it congeals and it kind of hangs out there and it doesn't all leave. And that's why people have to be on blood thinners. Okay. So you can see that mystery of iniquity that's saying, I'm going to be like the most high. I'm really cool. I'm going to mess up this um, electrical pattern. And the principle is just the same thing of the most of you've got to, what you have to do is you have to ablate or um, remove that bun. It's got to be cast out. So you can do it by freezing or by burning. I've had it done twice. Mom's had it done once. Did you have it, Frankie? Yeah. So you have it you have it burned or frozen so that you remove that bundle of myocytes so it no longer can be the one that's trying to muck up the rhythm, okay? Because it must follow a pattern and you cannot mess with the Godhead. And it must be the SA node to the AV node to the bundle of hiss to the Purkinje fibers and it's gotta be that way. Otherwise, you really don't feel good. Let me tell you, you don't feel good with AFib. I, I can tell you, right? Right, guys? Right. How do you feel with that? Not good, no bueno. So that's an awesome thing. Now, if, if we had more time, we had a chalkboard, we could actually take that electrical uh, conduction here with the P wave and the QRST wave and put just smack it right up here on this chart. And you could see the principles of depolarization, repolarization. These are not things that I'm making up. Those are the actual words. When you're talking about that electrical current, what happens where the cells are depolarized and repolarized? That's not surprising either because we had, you had a depolarization and a repolarization. It's the same exact thing. And that's what we're hoping, we're, that's what I want. I want a repolarization in me, right? That's what we want. We talk about quickening and defibrillation. All of those things are tied together. We want those exact, I'm sitting down. You don't even need to. Um, that's what we want today is repolarization and defibrillation so that we can reset ourselves and have that rhythm follow the pattern. Just, um, I enjoyed so much enjoyed 
brick. I only have a little bit or to, I think it's just a good foundation now that y'all minds are on the body and stuff. And there's just one uh, principle that I wanted to bring out that it's kind of hard to bring out without people knowing exactly how the heart's working. And it's um, how Yashua is the first fruits. And the example in your body is Brooks working with the heart and showing how the heart pumps the blood, uh, the pulmonary artery goes to the lungs, and then it comes back, right? And then it goes up through the aorta, right, Brooke? So when it comes back to the heart, to the right side of the heart, and then it goes out to the body. Yes. Okay. Then everything's in that that, ne that the body needs. The oxygen's in it, everything, right? And here, the first... Uh, off the yes. aortic arch, the first one to get the blood of the artery, the first two, she told you, goes right back and wraps around the heart because the heart is a very important vessel in your body. Right. And um, can I get John 1, 14, is it? He's in the bosom of the Father, that. I'm trying to show how Yahshua is, a type of Yahshua is the heart and how the heart is the first one to get that blood or it gets the first fruits. It is the first fruits. That's my point. Just a little something to add to how Brooke's looking at it. And you need to correct me if I'm wrong, Brooke, but they, that, um, the first two vessels off the aorta, which pumps it to the whole body, right? It goes from, to the, you know, to the lungs, picks up the oxygen. It's already got all the goods from down here. And then it goes to the heart, gets pumped to the lungs, catches the oxygen, gets put back into the heart. And the first thing that receives all those goods is the heart. And I want to show Yahshua's in the bosom of the Father. That's my only point. John 1 and 18. No man has seen Yahweh at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. And where's the bosom? What's in your bosom but your heart? Right? My bosom buddy, you love him. It's talking about your heart in principle there. So he's in the bosom of the Father, or he's the heart of the Father in principle. Right? So you've got, and, that's, and he gets the first, that's the first thing that gets taken care of, is the heart gets the blood. So then you can see Yahshua as, in principle, the first fruits. And so you can understand over here when all these, um, where is it in, uh, the resurrection, uh, Matthew, Matthew 27, 52 and 53, when the sons of the, the slept in the dust of the earth rose and followed him into, he had to be first. He had to be first. There's no way anybody else was going first. He's going to be the first fruits because he resurrected first. He had to be first. And that's why we're resurrected having that same spirit in us. It's that first fruits. And there's a whole, there's a, whole uh, festival about first fruits and everything, what to be done on, on, with that. But there's just a little something I wanted to throw in there since your mind was already on the heart and stuff. So our next speaker will be Dr. John Cometti. Mm -hmm. to say um, thank you and uh, you know uh, I'm just gonna <clears throat> start by saying <clears throat> a lot of religions and people today would scratch their head about 
why is this tabernacle thing even talked about? <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? Well, Yahweh was already stated, you know, thought it was so important that <clears throat> he instructed Moses to construct it in a specific mm -hmm. way mm -hmm. because it was going to be the pattern of all things. Do you follow what I'm saying? So our Creator <clears throat> thought it necessary, you see, and not only that, He had to fill those that were constructing or working on with His Spirit so that it might be in harmony with the in other words, the building and construction, you see what I'm saying, were both um, brought in harmony. Now, the other thing that we have our Creator instructing man to build, see, <clears throat> would have been that ark, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Now, just as this tabernacle was, was threefold put together, now, so was that ark, threefold, you follow me, and its construction. And that Yahweh instructed Moses to build that. The other thing that we have, <clears throat> our Creator instructing man to build would be, you see, Solomon's temple, right? And Solomon would be like in, in David, would be, you see, um, a likened unto Yahweh, Elohim, and you see, Yahshua, okay? Where that the Father, see, gathered all things together, and it was the Son that put it together. Same principle, do you follow me? So now we're standing in our scripture reading. See, at a temple, right? Was this temple instructed by our Creator to be built? In principle, yeah, ain't nothing happening that He don't motivate. Do you follow me? Mm -hmm. But, was it as motivated and were they that built it filled with that Spirit to be in harmony? The answer is no. Do you follow what I'm saying? See? So this temple wasn't, you see, going to be in the same manner that this was built, that this was built, and that this was built. See? In other words, it was something that some king by the name of Herod thought he would put together to honor himself. Because, I don't know if it was God, but it was called that, that he wanted, you see, or the mystery of iniquity wanted to be like the Most High. So, of course then, if he's going to get a temple, what you think the mystery of iniquity is going to want? Right? So here we are um, in the scripture. Can we start at 1? Matthew 24 and 1. Mm -hmm. And Yahshua went out and departed well, from the temple. Oh, so he just went out and departed from the temple, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So what was the conversation in the temple? Do we know? 
Let, let's go over to 20, Matthew 21, try. And yeah, try 21. Yeah, I want to start at 21. Ah, maybe I shouldn't. But anyways, go ahead. Because where was Herod's temple? In Jerusalem, right? Okay, so 21 and 1. Matthew 21 Matthew and 1. 21 and 1. And when they drew nigh unto Jerusalem. So they're going into Jerusalem, right? Go ahead. And we're come to Bethpha. Uh huh. Unto the Mount of Olives. Then sent Yahshua two disciples, saying unto them, Go into the village over against you, and straightway ye shall find an ass tied. Right. And a colt with her. Scott, would you get Zechariah 9 and 9? Go ahead. Loose them and bring them unto me. Uh-huh. And if any man say aught unto you, ye shall say, Yahweh hath need of them, and straightway mm -hmm. he will send them. Right. See, now that's not the first time. This temple, uh, uh, Solomon's temple, when it was built, you're going to find out how that land was acquired <laughs> the same way, in other words. See, Yahweh tells an angel... Go on in and talk to so-and-so, and we're going to get that land. But go ahead here. And this was done that it might be fulfilled, that which was spoken by the prophet, saying. Now, we always got to understand that Yahweh, in, in this manifestation, is fulfilling what he has already set up. Okay? So your creator... When he, as the Godhead was explained, when your creator comes into a physical body, his mission is to fulfill that was which was written about him. Uh, Zechariah 9 and 9. Could you give me Isaiah Carm 62 and 11 too? Go ahead. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Uh, shout, O daughter of Jerusalem, right? Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. See, thy king cometh unto thee. Go ahead. He is just and having salvation. He is just and has salvation. Go ahead. Lowly and riding upon an ass and, and upon a colt, the foal of an ass. So then the Messiah then... To fulfill that has to, you see, uh, instruct those two to go get him, that ass. He's got to warm the heart of the owner, you see, of that animal. Got what I'm saying? He is working the work that needs to be fulfilled. And he can't do that if he's not in harmony or one with the Spirit. That's why they had to be filled with the Holy Spirit to construct this so that it was done uh -huh. precisely the way it was necessary because it was going to be the pattern of all things. You see, including, as was already demonstrated tonight, your heart and even the breakdown of each of those organs, do you follow me? And look at, you see, it's amazing to us when we started and we do our research of how many things 
are threefold. Do you know what I'm saying? It just, once it's brought to your attention, those things just jump out of you, out at you, you follow, in harmony with the Spirit, is what I'm trying to get you to see. Once you're in harmony with the Spirit, we don't go anywhere, we don't read an article, as the previous speaker had talked about, that we don't say, wow, do you know what I mean? Why? Because we're in harmony with the operation of the Holy Spirit. What a blessing. Go, go ahead now where we are in um, Isaiah 62 and 11. Right. Behold, Yahweh hath proclaimed unto the end of the world, say ye to the daughter of Zion, Behold, thy salvation cometh. See, he's prophesying about that salvation coming. Go ahead. Behold, his reward is with him and his work before him. And the reward is with him and he's got what? He's got some work to do. Mm -hmm. What's that work? Bringing an end to an old way of worshiping and this mystery with his magical charm has been able to drag those things over into this spiritual age. Or the world wouldn't be putting trees up today. They wouldn't be lighting. Do you follow me? He is capable of dragging those things over even though the Messiah has brought them to an end. And the winner, Solstice, Solster, whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, you got it. You follow me? He's just been dragged back.
the trap. You got me? Is it, should we give to Caesar? You know what I mean? Go on. But Yahshua perceived their wickedness oh. and said, Why tempt ye me, ye hypocrites? Show me the tribute money. Uh -huh. And they, <laughs> they brought unto him a, a penny. penny. Right. Now drop down to, to, to the next time his red's done. And it's going to say the same day. Okay. Verse 23. Yeah, okay. The same day came to him. Now, where is he? In Jerusalem. Where? Where was he? Where's he been? Temple. Right, because we don't get him leaving until the 23rd chapter, right? Where are we led? Red. Go on. The same day came to him the Sadducees. Uh-huh. Which say... The same day came the Sadducees. Now the other, you follow me? One group left with, with their tail, you know what I mean? Huh? And here comes the others. Go on. Which say that there is no resurrection. Mm -hmm. Now they say there's no resurrection. Go on. And asked him, saying, Master, Moses said, if a man die having no children, his brother shall marry his wife and raise up seed unto his brother. Right. Now there were with us seven brethren and the first when he had married a wife deceased and having no issue left his wife unto his brother uh -huh. likewise the second also and the third unto the seventh Go ahead. And last of all the woman died also right so they run through the whole scenario of what's supposed to happen go ahead now therefore in the resurrection whose wife shall she so then in this resurrection which they God said they didn't believe, right? 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 <laughs> no resurrection. But now they're trying to trick them, is what you want to see here. And they say, so in this resurrection, whose wife is she? Ayami? Go on now. Uh, Yahshua answered and said unto them, Ye do err, not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of Elohim. Now, these are supposed to be guys that hustled their lives by wearing this stuff on their heads and everywhere, right? And he's saying to them, you don't even know the scriptures. They took pride in their knowledge of that. <laughs> Go on, Carm. For in the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given you in marriage. You fools, they don't marry nor are they given in marriage in this resurrection. Go on. But, uh, again, we're here and we're saying that because, you see, we talked about this not being about the manifestation, but about the principle. And they don't get it. They're not getting it. Go ahead. But are as angels of Elohim in heaven. Uh -huh. But as touching the resurrection of the dead, have you not read that which was spoken unto Elohim, saying, I am the Elohim of Abraham, uh -huh. and the Elohim of Isaac, See, and the Elohim of Jacob. I'm Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, right? That's who? That's me. Who's speaking? Who's speaking? Yahshua speaking. That's Yahshua speaking. But yet he's saying he's the same one that was back there with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And people think we're crazy when we make that statement. That's right. You follow me? Hocus pocus. Just, just, you know, go on now. Elohim is not the Elohim of the dead, but the 
but of the living. He's not the God of dead. He's the God of the living. Go ahead. And when the multitude heard this, they were astonished at his doctrine. But when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, <laughs> well, okay, they gathered together. They, so now these two groups come together, right? Mm -hmm. Go on. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him, yes. saying, Master, which is the great commandment? Now here's, this is it. In the law. Because you know where I'm going to? The heart. You see? Go on. And Yahshua said unto them, Thou shalt love... Th oh! Thou shalt love... Yahweh thy Elohim with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. With all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. Right? Mind. Now remember, who's he talking to? These boys ain't buying his lecture. <laughs> They have rejected his lecture. So much so, the two parties that couldn't get together came together to go after him. Huh? Go on. This is the first and great commandment. He says to them, this is the first and this is the great commandment that you would love Yahweh, your Elohim, with all your heart. As my son David did, as my son Moses did, as my son, you see, Noah did. Say, and here comes the true son, you know, letting them know that's the kind of love. Go on now. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thy Oh, and thou shalt love thy neighbor. Do you follow me? You see, and now people want to understand, you see, why are we saying those are heart, those stones are hearts and not tombstones up there. Do you follow me? You see, she already showed you, you see, the operation of that heart and how it functions, you see, right within that tabernacle, right? You see, and the principles that are all laid up up there. So then you want us to lay a tombstone, you see, which is a sign of the God of the dead, right? Instead of a heart. I'm sorry, folks. I'm laying a heart up there because that's what your creator stuck in that tabernacle. Same, you see, and that's why he put it in here. Now drop down to where um, it turns black again. Um, I'm just going to do it at the end. 46. Yep. No man was able to answer him a word. No man. This gospel has been brought before world leaders. Been brought to the Vatican. No man has been able to answer successfully dispute this gospel. Do you follow what I'm saying? Just as they couldn't dispute the spirit that was preaching through that man, nor could they dispute the spirit that was pe preaching through that man. Right? See? Go on. Uh, neither does any man from that day forth ask him any more questions. No, they were done with him. You got me? Now what happens? Beginning of 24. Um, 23, I'm sorry. 
Matthew 23 and 1. Uh -huh. Then spake Yahshua to the multitudes and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit right. in Moses' seat. Go ahead. All therefore, whosoever they bid, you observe. He lets them know. They're sitting, you see, in the high seats. Go on. That observe and do. Right. Do not ye after their works. All right. For they say and do not. Right. For they bid heavy burdens and grievous See? to be borne. Now look at that's what's going on right now. Look at as joyful as it may, may be. I'm going to tell you the burden of paying off all that stuff. I was at a store. I watched a guy today buy 22 one pound lobster tails at $49 a tail. $800. Do you follow me? That's the kind of money in burden. Do you follow me? This is the most depressing. Suicides are high. Robberies are high. Do you follow me? But you take this holiday out of our economy, and what's going to happen? Destruction. See what I'm saying? Take one stone out of that temple, and it's going to come down. Follow me? We're talking about building a temple, you see, on a rock that don't crash. See, this rock does the crushing. See, I hope and I trust you got something you see out of that. You would find when we leave, read this chapter down and then where we started, he leaves the temple. Do you follow what I'm saying? Um, I hope and trust you got something out of it. Thank you very much. Thank everyone for being here with us this evening and our people on YouTube. We appreciate. Uh, next two weeks. Okay. No Saturday night class the next two weeks. We won't be here, so don't look for us on YouTube either. Gates class does have class on the 22nd and 29th. Y'all please rise for the doxology. And now unto Yahshua, who alone is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise Yahshua, our Savior, belong glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and for all times, all say hallelujah.